You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome, friends of God, to Therapy Thursday with Dr. Lydia Martinez, a licensed mental health counselor. Good morning, morning, Lydia. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Today we are doing basically like a part three. We started talking about codependency and what it means whether you are dependent on others, codependent, intermeshed, or interdependent. Yeah, you said it right. You said it right. You got it. And we reminded our listeners that the best dependency to have is to be completely dependent on the one and only Lord God Almighty. Then we moved on to learn about boundaries and how healthy boundaries make healthy relationships. That was our last podcast. And And today we were going to follow up with how do you follow through on placing those boundaries, which, okay, so I've set my boundaries because I recognize that there's a codependency problem, either my own or others. And now I've placed my boundaries, but I'm having problem getting the people that I love in my life to respect my boundaries. Follow through is really hard. And I have, and I think I have an analogy, a metaphor that might help us figure out how we can um, talk about this in such a way that we can kind of put some symbols to it. Like, imagine you and I were playing catch, okay? And, you know, we're throwing the ball to each other. And I throw it to you, you throw it to me, back and forth. That's how catch works, right? But imagine that I throw the ball really hard to you. Who knows why? But I throw it really hard to you and it hurts you. But for whatever reason, you you don't want to say, oh, that hurt me. Or for whatever reason, you, uh, you just don't explain that you want to stop, right? And so we finished playing catch and you, we were done for the day and time passes, whatever time passes, okay? And then it's festering in you, okay? And you get a little angry maybe. You start feeling a little resentment, a little grudges. You start now to think about everything about our relationship and you start to get uh, more and more angry and it starts to kind of build up, right? And so next time you see me, we're having lunch and you have that ball in your hand and you whop it at me and, and you give me a black eye. And I'm like, what? Where did that come from? Where, all I said was, did you look at the menu? You know, and, and it seems completely inappropriate and out of place. And our relationship is just on the fritz. So, exactly. so let me tell you kind of what, what, what that means when it comes to how people communicate. Here we are communicating at the beginning normal, right? And then maybe I, I said something that hurt you and and maybe you just didn't have the right skills to express yourself or for whatever reason you weren't able to in the moment or or shortly thereafter and and then time passed so i never knew that that happened to you or maybe i did it doesn't even matter the intention or lack of intention doesn't matter but it's what the person does that you did with that information you got hurt and rather than addressing it or or having the skills to address it um you inappropriately threw a zinger threw it right back at me at the totally at the wrong place at the wrong time 
and um, it had no no intentions of making things better. It was more of a let me get you back kind of thing. Right. When the conversation has never happened to let you know right. why I'm feeling like this. Yeah. And see, you know, if you think about it, we're not trained to be assertive. Uh, there's so many different reasons why it's scary to be assertive. It's scary to say, hey, you know, that hurt me. Uh, I, I really didn't appreciate that. And I want you to do something different. Uh, at, at least apologize, at least acknowledge, at least take responsibility even if they don't apologize, you know, like there's so many things that you can say in between or even right afterwards or even a little time afterwards. But getting back at someone at the wrong time, at the wrong place is is definitely not going to be a um, anything productive, let's say. Right. right. And so that's kind of what happens with with people who um, don't have boundaries. Like, say, say, for example, the same example that I give you. Right. And then rather than meeting at lunch and you throwing the ball at my face at lunch after I ask, you know, uh, did you get the menu, which seems inappropriate. Um, yes. Imagine yeah. that we don't get a chance to meet up again, but that's festered in you. OK. And now now say you you go and you make another friend and you start playing catch, but you remember that you got hurt. And now with the other friend, you're the first, you're like, I got the ball. Okay. And then you go and you throw it inappropriately to the other friend. And they're like, what just happened here? I thought we were playing a game of catch. You see how it can just continue to ripple effect into other relationships. If you never pay attention to whatever that root cause was. Okay. Absolutely. You know, one thing that as I search the scriptures, I see God right in the beginning lays out boundaries in the Ten Commandments. This is what you should not do. I see that Jesus lays out boundaries right in the beginning. He tells Adam and Eve, this is what you can eat, this is what you can't eat. And then we have the Ten Commandments and he lets us know these are acceptable boundaries. This is what you cannot do. And um, I remember the story about Peter, and I love Peter because Peter really doesn't have good boundaries. <laughs> Peter does not good boundaries. Peter's like an all-in kind of person. He's very passionate. Very I, I love Peter. So Peter in John chapter 21, verse 20, turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who was also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? And Peter saw him and said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, then what is it to you? You follow me. Jesus very nicely says, that's, that's not your concern. Your job is to follow me. Focus on what I've asked you to do and respect my boundaries. If I wanted you to know, I would tell you. Right. Well, that's a good example. Definitely. Um, yeah, poor, and Peter probably, you know, the scripture doesn't say what he thought or felt afterwards. Can you imagine what he was thinking? Yes. Well, Peter has a record of stepping over everyone's boundaries. So I think Peter is a great person to take a look at and see what you don't want to do. Although what he did do was lived passionately for Christ and followed hard after him. But in that zeal, in that desire to love God and serve God, sometimes he forgot the important thing, like he forgot to be led by the spirit. He forgot to 
be others aware, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a perfect example of somebody who has a good heart and is trying to do the right thing for the right reason, but just can't find that, that respectable boundary place to follow. Yeah, well, I wonder if Peter ever had anyone to teach him. Or if in his culture, if that was allowed, you know, like I keep thinking of when are scenarios that that we've been, you know, hit with that ball and we're hurting and we don't say anything? What are the reasons? What could be possible, a, a possibility of reasons? So, I mean, I, I've thought to myself, okay, well, this could be a perfect example of what happens with like a, a teenager and a parent. Okay. Maybe the teenager gets their feelings hurt and the parent doesn't realize maybe they're being um, overly authoritative or they've yelled at their, their kid in such a way that, that, um, that the kid gets their feelings hurt, but the kid, because he's used to listening to this authority figure, the parent is, is maybe a little afraid to say anything to their parents and holds on to that. And then little by little builds grudges. And then little by little, you know, dad walks in and, and kids got attitude. And dad's like, well, I just said, how's your day? Why do right. I deserve the death stare now? What happened? What, what would happen is three weeks ago, you just yelled at him and three weeks have passed. And the kid's like, that's been growing in his heart. Now it's got this root taken in his heart and it's yeah. no longer my feelings are hurt. Now it's I'm so angry at you but they don't have the tools to communicate, you know? Well, they should go back to our podcast about creating healthy relationships <laughs> because they could learn right. that it's important to keep short accounts. When something bothers you, it's important to first pray about it and then talk to the person about it. Yeah. And Matthew 18 clearly tells us that when there's a brother in sin or a sister has sinned against you, mm -hmm. You go to them in love and you sit down with them and you say, hey, it's something going on. I've, right. I've been noticing that you're a little short. I've been noticing that, you know, I've been hearing you saying you, that you've been talking about me. Like, mm -hmm. what's happening in this situation? And give them an opportunity to confess it to you and discuss it. You know, what's going on in your heart? Have I hurt you? And doing that short account, keeping up with that person mm -hmm. or people that we know something's wrong. And women are very intuitive. Usually we know when yeah. something's wrong. I think men, not so much. <laughs> You're so men, funny. Not so much. But women, I can tell when, you know, when something's off. Yeah. Which we've also learned in our previous, previous about codependency. Sometimes it has nothing to do with us and the person's just having a really bad day. Yeah. But checking in in that healthy, open communication, not a constant badgering, mm -hmm. but are you okay? Are we okay? Mm -hmm. are we yeah, we're okay. We are. We are okay. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe even like, hey, I've noticed that you've been a little, what's the word, preoccupied lately. How mm -hmm. can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And that can go a long way. That takes a lot of uh, maturity. You know, it happens with husbands and wives a lot too. You know, like you're saying, the husband will come home, uh, might be a little snippy, uh, say something. The wife gets her feelings hurt, doesn't say anything back. And, you know, three weeks later, she slams the the plate on the table. Yeah, here's your dinner. He's like, what? Why? Is, what's the matter? And she's like, what? 
you don't know what's the matter. Oh, even worse. It, de it definitely, it can happen in all relationships. Absolutely. I think it's important for women to know, because I went through this for many years, that when men come home from work, they need a moment to decompress and having a candle lit and a little music on and even praying before they get home can help you to be open to serve them and be their helper rather than they're walking in the door and you're telling them all the complaints from your day. Yeah. Like be aware that they're walking in the door and you don't know what problems they're bringing home mm -hmm. and how women can really set the tone. Hey, are you okay? Can I get you something? You want a glass of water? You want a nice tea? Look what I'm making this for dinner. How does that sound? I think it takes like with the teenager, some maturity. It takes also um, a place of safety that you feel like you can come and talk to someone. And with the wife, you know, same thing. It takes like relationship history. You have to have a good rapport. You have to feel safe with someone to be able to say, step out of the communication and sort of say, okay, let's have a, let's have a family meeting. Let's have a a couple's meeting. Let's have a little talk about how we talk so that we can straighten things out. That takes time to learn. That takes a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, a lot of maturity. Right. And I love that the Bible tells us that when somebody sins against us, let's just say bothers us for lack of a better word, yeah. that if we can gently restore them, keeping that word in mind, gently restore. It doesn't say redirect. It doesn't say, even though redirecting, sometimes just changing the subject can be a, a good thing if phenomenal, the conversation is going nowhere. Thing, a yes. phenomenal thing. But it says to gently restore. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, and it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin or just bothering you, you who live by the Spirit should gently restore that person and watch yourself or you may be tempted. Yeah. And I know that in Proverbs, it also says a soft word turns, turns away, away wrath. wrath. Yes. Yeah. I think that if you listen to the theme of what we're saying is the Bible has a lot of really good resources for when That's you're having good. problems in your relationships. It even works between friendships, you know, Lisa, like, have you ever had a friend where you're playing catch? You yes. know, and um, I'm not talking about real catch, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, you throw or they throw something and they get hurt or you get hurt and, and you go home thinking, wow, that was, that would just, that just didn't sit well with me, you know, for lack of better words, you know, and you're hurt. And then maybe you don't get the opportunity to see them for a little while. And then you see them again. And, you know, you have that feeling in your heart where you're, you're angry, you're hurt. But maybe you don't have that close relationship. You feel like you don't have that close enough relationship to tell them. And I'm here to tell you that these are opportunities for you to grow your relationship. These are little growing pains. This is how you establish boundaries. This is how you say, okay, is this relationship you evaluate? You know, like a teenager can't say, do I want to continue the relationship with my parent? You know, the husband and wife, maybe. And the friendship, definitely. Do I want to continue this relationship? Those are hard, hard choices. I mean, for a very long time, I thought being a Christian meant I needed to be everybody's best friend. Oh. And coming to the point where you... Let, let me read Matthew 18. 
Okay. Matthew 18, starting in verse 15, says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault or gently confront them, right? Mm -hmm. This is not, look what you did. This is, this is in the spirit, through the spirit, with love. And it says, just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they don't listen to you, next time take two, one or two with you, so that the matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if they still refuse to listen, it says to tell it to the church. This obviously isn't a church setting, but as believers, you have other friends. And if there's somebody who's truly off and it's damaging, it's hurting themselves and others, then here's our blueprint, right? Mm -hmm. Put them in mm -hmm. love. And then if you, I'm just going to read from Galatians chapter six, verses one through 10. Again, it says brothers if, or sisters, if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore them with a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself or you may also be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So we're reminded to go with humbleness, right? To it's, speak yeah. humbly. And then it says, each one should test his own work or heart. Then he will have a reason to boast in himself alone and not in someone else. For each one should carry his own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instructions in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap in return. The one who sows to please his flesh, from the flesh he will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. And then it tells us, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. Well, so translate that. Translate that to, you know, those who are listening to that and going, how do you connect the scripture into establishing boundaries? What, what's, what do you feel that you're hearing in the scripture? Well, I'm hearing if somebody's not respecting my boundaries, then I go in a spirit of humbleness and gentleness. And I'm careful. And I, we always talk about this in our relationship podcast, Dr. Lydia, and I've learned a lot from that. Don't go with an expectation that they're going to say, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. I've been completely wrong. <laughs> because sometimes that might take, sometimes they will, and sometimes it might take a while for them to see it. So yeah. give them the opportunity to say, I just, I'm just asking you to pray about this and consider it right? Not demanding, mm -hmm. you must respect my boundaries. Listen, I'm really feeling not heard when I'm placing these boundaries and you're not really, you know, hearing me and you're not really respecting them. I just want you to pray about it and see if maybe if something I'm saying, you know, would touch your heart. And then it says, and test your own heart. Like, am I respecting their boundaries? Mm -hmm. Am I attacking them or am I gently restoring them? Mm -hmm. And then it's telling us, God is not mocked. What you reap, you sow. So if I sow or put out or attempt to create an atmosphere of love and kindness and respect, I need to respect that person's boundaries. That means I'm going to them again in humbleness, in a heart that, look, I, I want to have a healthy relationship with you. And I feel that we'll be able to grow and continue in our friendship if you'd respect these boundaries, a husband and wife. Lately, I'm not really feeling heard, and I've asked you, you know, when you're going to be home late, can you call me and let me know? Because I, I worry about you, and I want to know, 
when to have the dinner ready and sometimes you get home really late and you're not calling me so I'm, I just want to know what's going on at work that you're not thinking about me having that heart of like I want to serve you better I want the food to be hot when you get here I want to be in a good mood I want to feel like you're thinking about me like I'm thinking about you so now I'm I'm sowing healthy conversations and nurturing words and pouring out love and then I'm not being not being weary of doing good, which means I'm not going to get tired of it. I'm going to put an effort. But there are some times, Dr. Lydia, as you know, and unfortunately there are some people that it doesn't matter how many times you sit down and talk to them. And even each time they might tell you, you're absolutely right. I, I shouldn't have done that. But it keeps happening. And yeah. if it's unhealthy for you in that relationship, that might be God calling you to step away from that friendship or... I don't know. How do you deal with that? What about when it's your kids? Like yeah. if it's a teenager, well, you can't step away from them. So right. what do you do? Well, it's like you were saying in that scripture, you know, the first thing you do is you gently confront. And if you have enough rapport, if you have enough um, love in that relationship, it's going to have a foundation that it's not going to break you up. If you come gently and say, Hey, I just want to let you know that, that I, I didn't appreciate that, that I didn't like that. I, I need you to do different because it hurt my feelings. If you're coming from a place of, you know, gently and genuinely coming to them. And then if that doesn't work, then you got to get help. You got either got to bring someone else who is an authority figure. So if it's a child and a parent, you bring the other parent in, or you bring an elder in the family in, or you bring, you know, a bigger brother in. And if that doesn't work, then you do a family meeting. You bring the brothers, the other parent, the grandparents in. You bring the whole tribe. And if that doesn't work, then you got to get professional help. What's interesting about the way people communicate is that that time between playing catch, that original metaphor, and getting hurt, is how long has that hurt been festering? How long has that taken root? Because if it's if it's like really a short time or one of the first few times that that's happened, the first time or second or third, less than a handful, it's going to be easier to attend to. But when it happens over and over and when time is added into there, it's like it's getting fed. That's bitterness, that seed of anger, that seed of hate. It turns into hate. It doesn't start off as hate. It starts off as hurt. People who are angry and lash out, that's a secondary emotion. You don't just get angry because you're angry unless you have like some kind of a, I'm telling you, diabetics, menopause, some kind of a uh, medical underlying condition that, that you cannot control or you have a mental health issue or a mental health illness, okay? There, and there's probably other exceptions where you react in such an emotional rage that you can't control it. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about actually being hurt in from words, okay? From, from interactions with other people. And when a short time passes or that hurt is very fresh, it's easier to take care of it. You know, the timing is very important. When I say very fresh, I mean, even in that moment, 
And we cannot be led yes. by our emotions. Our emotions are fleeting. They come and go. We do have to have a foundation with Christ. We do have to know this too shall pass. We have to have also some grace, undeserved forgiveness. That word to me took a long time to understand what it really meant, undeserved forgiveness. Sometimes I have to take the word grace out and substitute the definition in when I'm using it. And I say, I have to have grace in this situation. I mean, I have to have undeserved forgiveness in this situation. I have to tell myself that, you know, or I have to teach that, you know, with the definition rather than the word, because undeserved forgiveness, that, that goes a long way. You may not ever get that word, I'm sorry, from the person that hurt you. But the forgiveness part is not about the other person. It's about you opening up your heart softening your heart so that you can have better relationships so that you don't carry that over and have baggage into the next relationship. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Well, it does remind me of James 4.17 that says, if anyone knows the good they ought to do and they don't do it, they're sinning. So our fear of keeping the peace, and we've talked a lot about that in previous episodes, not being a peacemaker, but being a peacekeeper actually causes discord because it's bothering you and it's hurting you and you're not being honest about it. And now you're letting that fester in your heart and it's coming out to the other person who has no idea that, that you've been hurt. And they're like, mm -hmm. Hey, and now they're going to react. And it just causes, you know, I think a lot of relationships fail because of that. And, you know, have you ever thought, you know, I know you say this thing about you, you don't want to be a doormat. It's not about being a doormat and letting everything slide. Right. You want to still have a voice to have some self-respect. You want to have a voice. That, and that can be so scary, Lisa, because if you're in a relationship where other people have the power and control in it, then you've allowed that to happen. You've allowed them to have the power and control for whatever the reasons have been. And it may be scary to speak up because when you speak up, you start to equalize that power. And it's no longer allowing them to have that power and control over you. Okay, I just read a quote the other day. It says, you never know how strong you are until you forgive someone who wasn't sorry. And then it continues and says... And accept an apology you will never receive. Healing does not mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. Allowing hurt in your heart, what you're really doing is expressing unforgiveness to that person who doesn't even know they may not even know that they've hurt you. Mm -hmm. So letting that go. And let's say in the case of a friendship that you have to let go of, mm -hmm. you can still forgive that person. Mm -hmm. And set your boundaries a little further. Like, I recognize mm -hmm. that this person isn't healthy. This is not a healthy relationship. You can still forgive them and be kind to them. But we've talked about that inner circle, that safe place where mm -hmm. we know we're surrounded by people that we trust and that love us. In your marriage, it's the exact opposite almost, though. Because if you're trying to make your marriage work and you don't have biblical reason to separate then it's that not growing weary of doing good. Mm -hmm. It's that finding different ways and inviting 
a trusted counselor in. And I have so many friends that tell me my husband will never go to counseling. And I'm like, well, have you been? Mm -hmm. Because I believe that a good Christian counselor can change your heart, your attitude, and your views, which will affect the rest of the people in your home. Well, I also feel like, like maybe let me tweak that last sentence you said. I don't really, I think that a good Christian counselor can influence you to make the changes, can maybe bring to light and help you go through your journey as you allow those changes in your heart, as you allow your heart to be softened. Well, you mentioned something too about whether evaluating if you've got to let go of this friendship. Sometimes you have to evaluate whether to let go of what happened mm -hmm. and keep the friendship. And that I think that's that's the toughest decision to make. Right. And that's part of maturity. That's part of wisdom and discernment. You know, that's part of the putting laying all the cards out on the table and saying, Okay, do I even want to play with this deck? Yeah. You know, that would be the friendship. Right. Or can I let go of that problem? And is it okay for me to let go of this problem? You know what I mean? You know, I always say this, like if any, if you take any person and you only look at their downfalls, their short shortcomings, and you don't look at the whole person, then it's very easy to just get rid of everybody. Yeah, exactly. I love my dog. Yeah. But when you look at the good and the, and the bad, it's a balance. And then you can say, well, this is a friendship that I can overlook these things. I can move past them. This is maybe a personality quirk of this person. I don't think they have bad intent versus somebody who's continually actively non-repentive and trying to hurt you. That might be the person you can put a little more distance. That comes with time. Yeah. That comes with time in the relationship. That comes with you have to have a soft heart at the beginning so that you you open yourself up. There's always a risk. There's always a risk that you're going to get hurt in any relationship, but you cannot close yourself off to not allow yourself to have relationships right. just because you've been burned. Exactly. You know, you got to you got to take care of that burn, heal it, let it heal and maybe you'll have a scar and you'll learn from it where not to step again. Right. But I think it's important that we do some thinking, mm -hmm. some talking to God, praying, have a little grace with ourselves and with others, you know? Yeah. And and I think it's important too that I hear in the Bible, Jesus had so much compassion. When you read Matthew, he had compassion on top of compassion, on top of compassion for people. Sometimes we have to have a little bit of compassion for the other people. This is going to sound strange, but if we're playing that catch, the proverbial catch that I keep talking about, and you're the one on the receiving end, you don't know if this person has, it's like a chain reaction through that hard because they came from a place that they've been hurt in the past. Right. So sometimes it's having a little bit of understanding and empathy and compassion, trying to find out, put yourself in their shoes to find out what, where that came from. But, but you know what? Take their shoes off and come back to your point of view, your place, and see if it's worth it. You know, see if you can determine if if this is the kind of relationship that you, you want to continue with or if you want to put a little bit further away from you. Right. So to summarize, we start with our hearts and a time of prayer. 
really examining, is this something that I need to address because I simply can't move forward without it. I don't feel safe or heard. And then if it is something, let me pray and ask God to prepare my heart so that I will have a humble heart, a loving heart, so that I will do what it says in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then have an empathetic heart, trying to understand the other person and not going with the expectation of complete change the first time, but not growing weary of doing good and knowing that each time maybe you'll be heard more and more. And of course, Mm -hmm. each situation is different. If it's somebody Mm -hmm. who is actively attacking you and causing you harm, Mm-hmm. that's going to be different than somebody who's stepping on your toes. That's where I think when it becomes a place of abuse, where you're in danger, that's mm-hmm. when I say you need help now. What we've been talking about is not when you are in danger physically, okay? Um, and if you feel like you're in danger emotionally, this is not for you. This is for um, much less non-emergency, non uh, emergency type situations. These are relationship um, hurts and damages that we can control and and talk about, but definitely not in a, a situation of, of hurt or pain in, in such a way that authority just need to be brought into. That's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother um, conversation. One number for the crisis text line which they handle anything from suicide, depression, and anxiety is 741741. And like in Florida, you can call 305-358-HELP, H-E-L-P, and you can contact somebody 24 hours a day. That's a crisis hotline and a referral line, 305-385-HELP. So I just want to close with a quick story. Has nothing to do with boundaries, but does it? (laughs) But does it? But does it? I've shared this story quite often in the past, but there was a daughter-in-law who couldn't stand her mother-in-law. And so she went to a doctor and said, I got to get rid of this lady. She's driving me crazy. You need to help me. And the doctor said, okay, I'm going to give you this tea. And every day you're going to make her tea, but you have to be so careful. You need to be kind and loving because if not, they're going to suspect you when it's done. And she says, okay. So every day she starts making the tea, the special tea for her mother-in-law. And she takes it to her and she sits with her and she has her own tea. Not that tea, but her own tea. And then the woman goes back to the doctor and she says, you have to help me. You have to help me. My mother-in-law, you know, I'm giving her the tea. She's probably already dying, but she's being so kind and loving to me. And I've come to love her and I don't want her to die anymore. And the doctor said, you've been killing her with kindness. What you've been giving her is a loving heart and Mm. a graceful attitude. And you've been spending time with her and talking to her and serving her. She's not dying. Mm. She's falling in love with you and you're creating a healthy relationship because you have been kind to her. And the daughter-in-law realizes that this entire time, the (laughs) mother-in-law was not the problem. The mother-in-law was responding to her bitterness, to the daughter-in-law's bitterness. And when the daughter-in-law starts treating her kindly, it changes their entire relationship. So isn't that funny? If you think about that game of catch we were talking about, it really wasn't that you received that ball of pain first. It was that you threw it. 
You've been throwing pain. it and maybe they're throwing it back just as hard as you're throwing it because yes. they think that's what it is. But right. when she tosses gently, the mother-in-law lovingly tosses it back. Right. You know what scripture comes to mind for me is the fruit of the Spirit. That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And I really think that if we were to use these tools, use these spirits as a method of tools, as a way to communicate with others in love, in gentleness, kindness, with goodness and faithfulness, and in self-control, with patience and peace and joy. Wow. I wonder what kind of what kind of game of catch would we have? Right? right. And the only way to develop those fruits of the spirit, it says it right there, it is fruit. It is the result of being in God's word, spending time with him, allowing mm -hmm. and being filled with the Holy Spirit and living a life that honors God and desires for him to do that work in us and through us. Right. So I think that's a great closing today, Dr. Lydia. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I think this was a really nice talk. I think this was a, a nice way of talking about boundaries and how to set them, what, what the scriptures say about it and how we can help ourselves or others. And if you feel like you're at a loss, you can always get professional help. I have a staff that's available. And right now I'm giving out four free sessions is this is july end of july i'm doing it through august also four free sessions for new patients and i have a wonderful staff of willing therapists who are willing to take on some cases um, i have some interns some graduate interns some registered interns with the state some licensed clinicians and we're here to help we're here to help you with your relationship needs and if and you're interested in finding out about those four free sessions, then they can go to your website, which is which is Dr. Lydia with an I, L-I-D-I-A, drlydiamartinez.com. You can also email her at info at drlydiamartinez.com. And if you didn't catch that and you want to reach her, you can follow us on Instagram at faithwithfriends underscore podcast, and you can DM us and we will connect you. Dr. Lydia, is there a number that they can call in order to find out more? Yeah, they could even call directly at 786-565-6916. And we can give you services all through Florida. You don't have to live in South Florida. You could be in Jacksonville or Pensacola and we can help you out. Thank you so much for this time, Dr. Lydia. I always learn so much. Would you close us out in prayer? Father God, thank you so much for everything that you do to love us, that you're always so gentle with us and you're always so faithful and kind. Lord, I pray that those who are listening would search their hearts, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to soften their hearts, to point their eyes to you so that they can seek the right help that they need, whether that's courage inside of them or whether that's find a counselor around them. I pray that you would just um, guide them, give them the wisdom to make the kind of decisions that would be pleasing to you, that would be glorifying to you, and that would help them in their relationships. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, friends. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?